as we are getting closer to the the U.S. Open up at uh, Wingfoot. Uh, up at that little course in New York. Yeah, yeah a little it's course easy. up in New York. It's the easiest golf course on the on the <laughs> roto for U.S. Open. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I no, wait, they have, I'm going to say they even though they've added length to it, uh, but they have limbed the trees up to where at least if your ball goes under, it, you can you can you play get out, Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, before those uh, the limbs were all down to the ground. There, if it went underneath there, you were uh, trying to figure out a way. Uh, take your penalty stroke and uh, to get another swing at it. Yeah. Welcome back to the golf shop. Mark Greenhouse, that was our Matt boy Blanchard, Fuzzy, wasn't it? Liberty Pill. Yeah, this segment's brought to you by Redbridge, where it's all about the greens. You want them pure, fast, and consistent? Get it all at Redbridge Golf and Country Club in Locust. Log on to redbridgegolf.com. Book a time. You're going to be impressed. impressed. That was Fuzzy Zeller, who had won at Wingfoot yep. and was saying, hey, too many trees gone. They limbed them all up. It's going to be easier, and, right and the brand. Hands, yeah, yeah. The, we saw that out of yeah. the brand. So yeah. uh, you know, the great debate, the distance debate. Um, you know, it's interesting that uh, several players this week had some interesting quotes about uh, the USGA and RNA's little distance report, and kind of the something's coming down the pike yeah. kind of. Bowing out their chest. Uh, so, Bill, what'd you do for us today for this segment? We got some audio from Webb Simpson, Rory McIlroy, and of course, our boy, the brand, awesome. chimed in from awesome. overseas. Okay. So, we'll start with Webb Simpson talking about making courses harder, and he actually references Wingfoot that Fuzzy Zeller just mentioned. Huh. We know that 8,000 yard golf courses are not the answer. Brooks Kepka shot 1,600 Aaron Hills. I, I believe that's what he shot. That's link, lengthening courses is not the issue. Bunker placements, dog legs, tree placements. I even think at Augusta on 13, Ron, we don't need that T40 yards back. What they need is a mid-sized tree, 20 yards in front of the tee box, and five feet left of the tee box. Because the issue right now is guys can tee it up on the right, and they hit a high, they can even cut it, some of these guys, over the tree. Well, if you put a tree there, guys can't do that. And it's just like the fourth hole this year at Wingfoot. It's a dog leg left par four. Uh, but there's a tree there with branches, so the bombers can't hit their cut over that bunker. So a lot of the bombers just hit three wood. Yeah, I mean, there you go. It's all. It, how it long sounds, have we been saying it, that design? sounds so simple, doesn't it? I mean, but but it's the truth. You know, I, I was just off air. We were just talking. I mean, there, uh, I think it's Oyster Bay down at the beach. Um, has a tree like on the back nine, a humongous tree right in the middle of the fairway. Well. Why can't you do stuff like that? I mean, course design can change, and you, and you can well, do that kind of stuff. One of the shortest golf courses on the PGA Tour is mm -hmm. Harbortown. That's right. There's a par five down go. the stretch on that golf course that hardly anybody gets to right. because off the tee, it's like a dog leg left. right, is it a, is and it then right? it wings yeah. back to the left. That's right. And if you don't get your tee shot in absolute, even if you do get your tee mm -hmm. shot in absolutely the best shot, you've got to figure out if you can hit something high enough with the right, you know, I guess trajectory and and draw or fade or whatever you do to get it onto that green, mm -hmm. and that's just a beautifully designed hole. Yep. It, it's great risk reward. You can go for it in two, and if you screw it up, you're probably making six or seven. I mean, that's exactly what we've been talking about. Yeah. You you can't allow Bryson to get up and hit it 340 in the air you wanna, you know, uh, offline and have a flip wedge with nothing between him and the flag. A great example of a course design that you're talking about, Mark, is is, is Sawgrass. 
I mean, they don't tear that place up. And the reason is, is there's always problems. If you're going to hit a driver or a three wood, there's always problems right or left on almost every single hole out there. And they don't, I mean, yes, uh, Greg Norman shot 24 <laughs> that one year, but I mean, there was no wind. But usually that score is, is 13 or 14 under par, maybe 18 under par at the most. So you could do it. It's not that hard to do. It's just. Well, you know, and, and Bryce, for Bryson to win at Augusta National, he's going to have to hit it in the fairway almost every, every time. Every time. That's right. And he doesn't do that. Nope. And that's the issue. You know, it was like, oh, he's going to tear up Augusta. Well, no, he's not. Because now if he hits one offline, he's got stuff between him and the flag. He might have four pine trees. What I don't get about him is he's so long. Why didn't he just hit a one iron off the tee? I mean, he's still going <laughs> to hit it 290. I mean, but, you know, but to, to Webb's we have another Webb one? Yeah, we got Webb going long on tweaking courses, Go not ahead. equipment. Okay, yeah, this good. is good. Yeah. So I, I really think the attention does not need to be on equipment or the golf ball. Billy Horschel had a great comment a couple years ago. He said, the golf ball is not an issue. I hit a 7-iron in college, 180, uh, 180 yards, and now I hit it 180 yards. So it's, it can't really be the golf ball is the, the problem. Now, the driver, the face is a lot thinner. They're bigger. I, I understand that. But I don't think a, an equipment rollback does anybody any good when, when we can change the way golf courses are designed. And it's better for amateurs. It's better for pros. Um, and there are plenty of golf courses on the PGA Tour that have stood the test of time because of the way they're designed. Um, equipment advances don't really pay off or pay a dividend on those courses. And I, and I just feel like these tweaks we could make are, are really not that hard and they're cost effective. So your last point about the PGA Tour, uh, I think their voice should be very loud. I respect that USGA and RNA a great deal and I know that their intentions are great but I don't think an equipment rollback is what we need I think we need different I think we need to tweak our golf courses well I mean that's just exactly what we were talking about it's I have just... a couple issues with what Webb just said there okay. from an amateur perspective okay. yeah. so from my perspective mm -hmm. I'm a hack right I picked up the game as an adult and I'm an extremely uncoordinated human being so I'm bad at golf so my goal is really just to be decent and have fun out there and get out of there within three and a half hours. Right. So when he starts talking about, and he throws amateurs in there, mm -hmm. making courses harder, putting all these trees uh, up. And again, uh -huh. I'm speaking to general courses for amateurs. I don't want that. I want to go out there and get out of there within three and a half hours. Yeah. He's not talking about making courses harder. If you listen, he's really not. And his point is... He's making it so that the bombers and the professionals can't take advantage of the course. He's actually talking about opening it up at the shorter distances and tightening it up at the longer distances, which is going to impact the game. I mean, his point at Quail Hollow that he was talking about is the 10th hole. Yeah. They had moved this bunker, and it's 300 yards to carry the bunker. Well, if you can carry it 300 yards, if you can carry it 320, it's, you it, launch it, it over this bunker, you got an iron into that yeah, green. Yeah. He's got to go around it. His point was push that bunker out to 320, 330, so that, you know, for the most part, nobody gets and, over that And you're thing. not going to hit a 330 drive, Bill. You, Neither are no. we. <laughs> you widen the fairway at, say, 280. You narrow it at 320 to the right of that bunker yeah. so that uh, more often than not, if you try and hit it around that bunker, you're in the rough and now you can't go for the green but you're making it more playable for the short you know mm -hmm. for the majority of people yeah. he's saying that you've got to that there are ways that you can make it more difficult to take advantage not more difficult in terms of how it plays thank you for clarifying yeah, West point. much better deal. than he could make it 
It, it's a big di- well because it, some of that was out of context, and you you'd have to listen for twenty minutes. Yeah, probably that's to hear right. That. That's right. That's right. And we got some Rory McIlroy. He didn't hold anything back, so we'll start off with Rory and his overall thoughts on the distance insight report. Okay. So I honestly I think this distance insights report is honestly it's been a huge waste of time and a huge waste of money because that money that it's cost to do this report could have been way better distributed to getting people into the game, introducing younger kids to the game, introducing minorities to the game. That's I heard Mike Davis say something about you know we're trying to protect the game for the next hundred years. This isn't how you do it. This not by doing this is so it's so small and so inconsequential compared to the other things that are happening in the game it's 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 the grassroots it's getting more people engaged in golf that's the that's where they should be spending their money not spending it on the distance insights report well where's the bell where's the bell give me yeah he just said it you know he we just said it. We all know the ball goes a long way. Yeah. We all know that the ball and the equipment's responsible for that. We didn't need a stinking report to tell us yeah, that. Right. Yeah, in fact, if you look at Bernard Longer as an example, 1987, when he was 30 years old, right. his driving distance was 260 yards. Yeah. Let's flash forward to 2020. He's now 63 years old. His average driving distance is up 5% to 273 yards. There you go. There you go. We don't need a report to tell us these things. You know... At 65, I'm hitting the ball almost, uh, really, almost as far as I used to as a 20-year-old simply because of the golf ball. But, so, here's, but here's the problem. Everybody else is hitting it that's right. further, too. <laughs> no, but that's, that's okay. I mean, uh, but that makes it even. So Rory's point here is that, you know, we, you know, maybe we should study why expenses are going up so much in this game. There's a good study. That, yeah. How can we reduce costs? How can we reduce expenses? I mean... You know, there's. Uh, the, I, I the don't new... want to sacrifice agronomical stuff for a cheaper round of golf. Uh, that's what. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm, how can we maximize yeah. the? How can we maximize the money? How yeah. can we maximize the spend for the return? Yeah. And to that point, it feels like Rory is the only golfer who isn't afraid of his sponsors that's willing to actually come yeah. out and say this, whereas the rest yeah. of them are just like, don't touch my precious equipment. They pay me a lot of money. Those yeah. are my sponsors. Yeah, don't right, mess with right. that. Yeah. Whereas Rory's just being real. And I want to get your guys' take on this other cut from Rory okay. where this he discusses – I don't agree bifurcation? with. Is, yeah. Is it bifurcation? Okay. This is the crux of the argument okay. to me. So right. let's hear from Rory. So I would be all for that. If they want to try to make the game more difficult for us or more um, – try to incorporate more skill to the game. Yeah, I, I would be all for that because I think it only benefits the better player, which I feel like I am. And I think maybe they said that in terms of like local rules and maybe some sort of bifurcation, but we are such a tiny portion of golf. Like golf is way bigger than the professional game. Golf is like, like we're such a tiny part of it. It's, it's the other stuff that really matters and that's the stuff they need to concentrate on. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, my problem with two sets of rules, you know, a set of rules for professionals. Here's my problem. Where do you draw the line what on the other, word professional, first of all? What other sport do amateurs get to play against the professionals in the top events? In other words, there is no college basketball player going to play in the first round of the playoffs right. against LeBron. Three right? of the four majors amateurs can play in if they qualify. There is Three of the four. There's no college hockey player going to play in the first round of the NHL playoffs, That's the right. Stanley Cup playoffs. That's right. There is no college football player 
going to going to play a even a preseason game against Tom Brady, right? That's right. But yet on the golf side, Maddie, I mean, not necessarily you and I, but theoretically, you and I have the opportunity to local qualify, sectional qualify, and play in the U.S. Open, which is one of the top four events in all of golf. And then we're forced to play a ball that doesn't go as far as the ball that we qualify. When's with? the last time one of these random Joe Schmoes from a local qualifier even made the cut or was in oh, contention? Happens. Or happens. Didn't Lucas Glover win the 09 Open going yeah. through all the qualifiers? Yeah. So 11 years ago? Yeah, he was a okay. sectional qualifier. He started out as a sectional qualifier. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it has happened, and you know, but it's not it's not win, but they they make it. There are several local qualifiers that make it through local and sectional, and they get to go play in one of the four biggest events in, in the, the world in professional sports. So the problem is, my point is, look, let, let's just break it down to the five top college golfers that are going to get exemptions onto the Corn Ferry Tour, right? In, in May, yeah, right. So let's say that they're playing the same stuff that all of us play. Mm-hmm. And now they they're number one, and they've got to flip a switch in the, in the following week. So let's say they go play in the NCAA tournament and they win their collegiate, and they win the national championship, they win the the, the they win the individual tournament, right? right? Yeah. And then the next week they got to go play on the Corn Ferry Tour, and they got to use a different set of clubs and a different golf ball. Well, you've just disadvantaged those guys yeah. tremendously. Everything that they did to get where they got, you're taking it away from To them. me, yeah. the only comparison I can make there is college baseball using an aluminum bat. True. Getting, getting a, I don't get that. Put, being put as a first-round pick and then going into the minors and having to use a wood bat, you never hear from the guy again. And I it's mean, a different ball, too, as well, from college yeah. to Major League yeah, Baseball. True. So it is a similar transition. So, you know, there are guys that are all world in college and then totally disappear because they can't hit with a wooden bat. But don't you think if they go down this bifurcation route that the ball will trickle down so those top amateurs that are competing on, like, PGA Tour University, the guys we have and gals we but have on this show. The line, but where's Bill? the line? Where's the line? Yeah, that's the you know, whole if, question. If those top guys, if those top amateurs, go and play in their own club's club championship which set of rules do they follow they have to get so you're telling me that you know all these guys on the pga tour well, i'm Luke, sure Luke, webb simpson plays at the quail hollow but, club championship but a, but a local, so he's got to use a different club and a different ball to play in his own club championship i mean it, it, it's going to get ridiculous so i don't agree with splitting up the rules but I totally agree that they've wasted their time because we knew the ball went further. Yeah, right. We all know the ball went further. <laughs> of course. We know why it goes further. <laughs> you know, part of it is because, you know, everything's de-lofted. The clubs are de-lofted um, because the clubs are able to make the ball go higher. So you can turn the loft down and still get Every the same difference. Every premium golf ball commercial talks about more distance and, and more, more feel. <laughs> Every single one. Less so, spin with a driver, yeah. more spin with the wedges. Come on. They're smart golf balls. I keep telling you all so that. They're you don't not, believe I mean, they, they don't care. They're just trying to sell a golf ball that goes a long way. Yeah. And we can't wrap up this segment without hearing from our favorite golfer on tour, the brand. Look at me. Uh, I'm going to play with whatever they, they give me. Look at I, me. I'm not worried about it. I'm going to do what they say it's about me. is uh, legal. And I'll just go from there and, and find the best way to play for me, uh, under the rules of golf, I mean, there, there's no issues with it. It's funny. I'm sure there's a lot of excitement about, you know, me having a potentially controversial thought me. on it, but me. I, I don't. I, me. I think it's a really cool thought process. It, it's a little flattering me. in a sense, you know, because I did talk about that 48-inch driver so for so long, and it just me. didn't work for me, uh, me the way I wanted it to. It's about me. It's flattering. About me. It's me. Flattered. He's flattered. Fl- we're because all, all this talk is about him. Wait a minute. Come on, Bryce. Wait a minute. Come Aren't on, they gonna man. Ruin, they're going to ruin his image <laughs> if they do this. Unbelievable. 
<laughs> he really did. He made that all about him. Me. Yes, great way of doing that. There was, some, there was somebody murmuring me in the background that entire interview. I don't know what's going on. 